Hello and welcome to episode number 78 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we're still going to be talking about what's going on in the world, the coronavirus, putting it into perspective, and trying to figure out exactly what the exit strategy is going to be, how this is all going to work out. And it's not all doom and gloom, but it certainly is bad because all of a sudden we're seeing more people that are perishing from the coronavirus, including country legend Joe Diffie, the co-writer from the Joan Jett song, I Love Rock and Roll. I know John Prine, Chicago area once mailman turned into a folk singing legend, is also hospitalized in critical condition. So these are the kind of things that are going to start getting people's attention. The media is still scaring you with a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stories about younger people perishing, and it happens. There are some people who don't have any pre-existing conditions, but those are still very, very rare. And when you read a lot of these stories in the media, you find out at the end, usually tacked in there, that the person that had perished, unfortunately, had been suffering from things like cancer, leukemia, any other sorts of health issues that added to the coronavirus in their system just did not work out well. But we have to put this still into perspective because a lot of people are still asking the question if this hasn't been an extreme overreach in what governments worldwide are doing in order to control this virus. And there's no easy answer to that quite yet. It's not going to be until we can look back at this and have some completely, well, at least as much as possible, completely accurate statistics. Nobody still believes the things coming out of China. Nobody really believes the things coming out of Iran. And as we mentioned in the last episode, I believe the numbers coming out of Italy are most likely grossly exaggerated. And the news lately has been the number of urns ordered for Wuhan in China, with people saying, well, instead of just about three or 4,000 deaths, more likely it could have been up to 40,000. And that may be true. Like Italy, the real question starts coming down to how they're counting the coronavirus deaths as opposed to just normal deaths, because there is something that is even more deadly than the coronavirus that's been going around. Something that on average kills 151,600 people per day. And that is life. On an average day in the world, before this coronavirus came around, about 151,600 people die per day globally. And you have to put that into perspective when you look at, even if these are infinitesimal numbers that may go up by a decent multiplication factor, over three months or so that this coronavirus has been around, you have 36,946 confirmed deaths worldwide. So that's about 37,000 over three months. How many people normally die in the world? 
every three months, 13644000 Again, for an average three-month period. So about $13.5 million as opposed to 37000 The numbers are statistically important. It doesn't mean you want to ignore this virus. It doesn't mean it's not dangerous. It doesn't mean that it's not killing people who would have otherwise still been with us and it's going to continue to do so. But perspective is needed in order to move forward, as is some larger testing measures, finding out who already had this virus and doesn't know because there are a lot of people who get this very mildly again. At least 80% from the statistics we're seeing, people get this. It's very mild. Don't even know. Little cold. Maybe they don't even notice they have symptoms. But if they were to go get tested, not for the coronavirus necessarily, but more importantly for the antibodies to the coronavirus, that will lead to a lot better understanding of this and will definitely help the medical community moving forward because there's a lot of people who already have antibodies to this that may not even know and science is reasonably certain at this point that once you have the antibodies once you had this even in a very minor case where you might not even know you have symptoms you are immune they believe from reacquiring the virus which means you may have a lot of people that are being confined at home now in a lot of these lockdown situations who are basically Superman and Superwoman and whatever gender you want to throw out there, but they are now impervious to this virus so they can be out working, doing whatever needs to be done without fear of the virus. And that's the way I believe we're going to start getting people back to work, start getting industry back up and running. The people who were the early adopters, if you will, of this virus and who have gotten better, who have fully recovered, who are no longer contagious, can be out there in the world. And they should be the ones that are doing your food deliveries and working in areas where they have to come in contact with people. I mean, you have grocery stores now who are a chain. This is what everybody's still going to that and pharmacies. And I would like to have all these because all of our local grocery stores are hiring. They're putting out the call. And I would like to have them staffed by people who can't get this virus anymore. So you really cut down on the chances of cross contaminating surfaces and the items that people are then bringing into their homes. So that would make sense. And that is a bright ray of light moving forward once we can start figuring out who's had the virus, who's gotten better who's now immune, so the world can start going back and getting to some semblance of normality, although you still have areas like Oakland where people are totally ignoring these lockdown orders who are out gathering in the streets. If you believe the videos that I've seen today on the internet, and I know the internet is a cesspool, but these appear to be legitimate, and you wonder why. The virus will continue to spread, especially in areas like that. Well, and Twitter and social media certainly is not alone when it comes to publishing video that isn't quite accurate. CBS News, oops, were caught using footage of an Italian hospital 
at the height of this coronavirus, claiming it was a New York City hospital. I mean, I know it's so easy to confuse those two things. It was like ABC, I believe it was, not that long ago, that ran video from a Kentucky ammunition explosion extravaganza, a show they were putting on and claimed it was a war zone overseas. So, I mean, the media, not very good at their job. They shouldn't even be reporting on medical stuff that they don't understand. Dr. Drew Pinsky said so, and I believe him, because they don't get what they're reporting on. They're repeating things from people. They're getting the data wrong. And most of these predictions are already being proven to be not accurate. The doom and gloom, the high numbers of deaths not panning out. And that is a good thing. President Trump seems to be doing a fantastic job. And this is a guy that I didn't vote for. But to be fair, I didn't vote for anybody because I was face down with my eye surgeries when the election went on. But he wasn't my first choice for the nominee, the nominations overall. And I mean, I'm sure I would have voted for him, but he wasn't my first choice when it came down to the primaries. And he has, I believe, done a job better than anybody could have imagined getting out there every day, taking questions from reporters, not ducking them, giving the statistics and letting the doctors on his staff do what they know how to do. And of course, it's interesting because Dr. Fauci is a guy that was well-respected through multiple presidential administrations. And all of a sudden, they were trying, the media was, to be like, oh, well, no, uh, Trump doesn't agree with you, right? He's not letting you do what you want to do. And every time it's asked to him directly, Fauci tells the media to shut up, that they're wrong, that he and Trump actually agree on pretty much everything when it comes down to what needs to be done. The same thing with Dr. Bricks was a media darling until she starts saying Trump was doing a good job. And then all of a sudden people are saying she dresses like a realtor and is an idiot. So, I mean, that's the media for you. They change their mind on a dime because they don't like Trump. That is really the only agenda they seem to have while people are getting sick and people are dying. They do not want to report accurately. They want to scare you and nothing more, which is why CBS News would run footage from an Italian hospital and claim that it's from a New York City hospital. Now, Anthony Cuomo, Governor Cuomo of New York, is a guy that is getting a lot of looks for maybe being able to steal away this Democratic nomination from Joe Biden, who appears to be failing fast. Joe was never all that articulate, never all that eloquent. And what's happening lately with Joe is nothing short of what reminds me of seeing my grandmothers go through either Alzheimer's or dementia. The confusion with Joe, the inability to complete sentences, the starting of saying things like, well, you know, we have the right to and then all that other stuff. And he should be able to repeat this stuff that he knows or once knew that these are the kind of telltale signs you'll start to notice. And with Joe 
I feel bad that he's still being thrown out there. And I don't know what's going to happen when the Democratic convention comes down to officially decide who they're going to put out there to run against Trump. But I don't believe it's going to be Joe. So Governor Cuomo is a guy that is on that list. And listening to him, I have to admit, he sounds pretty good. The things that he says, he seems forceful. I mean, he still lies. I mean, this whole thing with the ventilators and Trump not helping him. Well, that was all proven to be lies. But the thing I have a problem with is he really sounds like Christopher Walken. And once you hear that, you can't unhear that. And that kind of annoys me as far as that vocal style that he has. But even more so, I have to wonder how the rest of the nation is going to react to Governor Cuomo because of this coronavirus problem due to this pandemic, decided that he wanted to release 1,100 parole violators back into the general population who were had skipped parole, had parole violations that were not violent, and that was why they were back in jail. He decided to release 1,100 of these parole violators, and with that 1,100, there were eight of those that were sex offenders and three of those who had been sex offenders convicted of sexual offenses involving a minor. I'm not sure the country as a whole is going to believe that those are the types of people that should have been granted any kind of leniency or any kind of clemency for fear they might get the coronavirus. I, I don't. Maybe you do. Maybe I'm just not a good person. But I'm sure there's a lot of people that did deserve a little bit of a break. But I don't think people convicted of sexual offenses with children are the ones that should be getting released. But Governor Cuomo, I guess you had a different idea, and that may come back to haunt him because I think the country as a whole is not going to be behind that particular decision. And if you want to do things like questioning Trump's decisions and, and every small little thing that has happened with this coronavirus and before with the insanity of the constant impeachment crap, well, you're going to have to ask yourself. Governor Cuomo released child sex offenders back into the general population because they might have gotten the coronavirus. Makes sense, right? When it comes to the virus, everything still isn't doom and gloom. We are getting some very good reports on the drugs working, the malaria drug mixed with the Z-Pack. We should know, according to Donald Trump today, which is Monday the 30th, we should know within about three days the end results of a down and dirty study that was going on in New York City. 1,100 patients, I believe it was, just coincidentally about the same number as the parole violators released, were treated with the uh, hydrochloroquine, I believe that's the name, right? Chloroquine, hydrochloroquine, plus the Z pack, plus some other stuff along with it. But these cocktails have been tested in New York, and those results should be coming. I saw reports of another doctor recently who treated about 600 patients with a similar cocktail 
and had good results with about 598 of them. So there is some very good news as far as medications that are able to mitigate the symptoms to keep people from getting pneumonia, which will keep them out of the hospital, which will keep the hospitals from being overloaded, which will keep our healthcare workers safe, which will keep beds open for people that need them. And kudos to Donald Trump. I mean, Rachel Maddow said there was no way those Navy hospital ships were going to make it to New York in time. She didn't even think they were going to get there this week, but they're there today. They made it. I mean, how do you question the Navy's ability to get somewhere, Rachel Maddow? I, I don't think you understand who you're dealing with. But hey, the left wants people to die. At least that's what it appears when you see the leftist media outlets out there. They don't want Trump to be successful in anything. The Dallas Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban, he has been asked multiple times now on The View last week about Donald Trump, and he refused to throw Donald Trump under the bus. And they were doubling down in an interview I saw with him today. And again, he said the same darn thing that he is not a fan of Trump's, but he is not somebody who is going to withhold praising somebody when they do a good job. And he believes the president, with the data he's been given, has pivoted and done the best that he can expect anybody to do in a similar situation. It's always easier to look back and be a backseat driver. It's easier when you're not the one making the decisions with lives on the line. And Donald Trump is doing that. He is not shying away from that responsibility, and he is not hiding from the public while he does that. And there are people who have been very, very critical of Donald Trump over the last few years that are outright praising him at this point. And that should tell you a whole lot about how the president is weathering this storm and leading the nation in a time of strife that nobody could have predicted. Bill O'Reilly made the comment that if this pandemic is coming to an end by mid to late summer and the American people are starting to get back to their normal routines, he doesn't see there is any way Donald Trump doesn't walk into reelection. And I would have to agree with them on that for multiple reasons. One, even the Democrats in polls right now are looking more favorable on how Donald Trump is doing through this than they are of either the media or Congress. So that should tell you a lot. If we can come out of this whole pandemic with people being less one way or the other, as far as political parties go, that will be a major improvement of where we were coming into this with the lunacy of the constant witch hunt against a president. The people are going to realize they just want the country to do what it's supposed to do. They want their politicians to do what they're supposed to do. Joe Biden is never going to be able to compete with Donald Trump. Bernie Sanders wouldn't be able to compete. And Governor Cuomo would have had a shot, I think, if it wasn't for releasing, you know, child sex offenders back into the general population. One of the things the government did seem to get right, at least as far as small businesses go, is as part of this big bailout that they had passed, part of this $2 trillion of bailout that they had passed. 
There's something called the Paycheck Protection Program, which is going to help any businesses out there that have less than 500 employees. The complete workup on this will be out today, Monday the 30th again, and will be out there for businesses who need the assistance to get a loan from the Small Business Association that will be completely 100% forgivable if used for the correct thing. So this is basically, if you have a business under 500 employees, you can get what they're calling a loan of up to 2.5 times your monthly payroll expenses. And that's including things like insurance and time off and vacation. So basically you go, you figure out what your monthly payroll has been over the past year. You can multiply that by 2.5 and you will be able to get a loan as of Friday from the federal government in order to keep your staff from being put on unemployment, to keep them getting checks, to be able to make payroll. And for that next eight weeks, as long as you use that money and you do not fire anybody, you have to keep your staff at the same size. You can't be laying off anybody. The government is going to forgive those loans at a 100% rate. So this is a way for all the small businesses and a lot of them are out there like, you know, a lot of people are working paycheck to paycheck and they rely on that paycheck to pay the bills. There's a lot of small businesses that are the same way. This is basically allowing those businesses to pay their employees, to pay their rent, to pay their bills for eight weeks and get it completely refunded by the federal government because they understand that a lot of businesses like they are here in Illinois, if you were deemed non-essential, you were shut down. So this is a way for companies to remain in business, to keep their employees getting paid to keep their employees getting insurance and to not have a major problem when things hopefully get back to normal in the near future. If you need more information on that, you want to go to the Small Business Administration site, sba.gov, and all of the information will be there. But make sure if you work for a small business, they know what's going on and that they're able to get these funds from the government because if you don't go and get them, they're not going to magically show up. So your company actually has to know what's going on, has to get to the SBA, has to go to any bank that is participating in this. And they're saying you'll be able to get the checks probably same day. So you should be able to get in there, get the funds you need to keep the small businesses going. So this is a huge plus. I don't know how we're going to pay for this when it comes to the long run for this country, but it's a major plus in the short term to keep businesses viable, to keep them from going under so we don't have ghost towns in just a matter of weeks. So that's the fun stuff that's been going on over this past week. I hope everybody out there is not completely stressed out. That's having a nice, relaxing few days at home, getting together virtually with your friends and getting caught up, you know, books, movies, TV, doing stuff around the house. This, If anybody has ever said they were going to write a book, anybody ever said they were going to start a podcast, anybody that ever said they were going to start painting, wanted to get into crafts or anything like that, now's the time to do it. If you don't do it now, then you never really were going to do it in the first place. But 
I've been catching up on some old television. We've been watching Leave It to Beaver, which was interesting, again, to see a world in a completely different place. Been watching some old Star Trek episodes, and we're now on to Voyager, which didn't quite age as well as a few of them did. And I'm, I'm waiting. I haven't watched. I've got it down on my NAS, but I haven't watched any of the new Picard stuff. I've heard so much bad stuff about Picard. That I think it would be really depressing to watch that right now and then be like, oh, gee, that sucked, especially coming off the whole Doctor Who thing with the we've gone completely woke and we ruined the whole franchise. And then the whole Disney thing where they took Star Wars and they went totally woke and they ruined the whole franchise. So I don't want to do that with Picard quite yet. So I feel that I'm safer with older television shows and things that are just more of a comfort thing than anything else watching old episodes of seinfeld while riding on the recumbent bike i mean it's an easy way to take your mind off everything that's going on and i didn't want to do another podcast about all of this stuff today but there's literally nothing else going on in the world so if you have any ideas anything you want to know about me anything i can tell you that could make a good podcast episode because i'm assuming next week's gonna be the same thing the news is covered nonstop coronavirus 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 and when you're doing a podcast talking about the things going on in the world on a daily basis it's been hard to avoid but i hope the things we're giving you are stats that you can trust stats that put things in a little bit of a different perspective and stories that try to show that maybe things aren't quite as bad as everybody wants to make them out to be And in the end, we won't know until this thing is completely over. But I think we do see the light at the end of the tunnel. I hope you like the stuff we've been bringing you here on the Random Thoughts podcast. If so, do me a favor and go to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com and subscribe to the show. And we also work on the value for value model, which means the show is free. We give it to you if you get any value whatsoever out of it. Go to that same website, click the donate button, any amount, one time, monthly. It's easy. We can go Bitcoin. We can go snail mail. Any way you want to help out, it is much appreciated. If you want to reach out to me, you can do so at Darren, D A R R E N, at randomthoughts.com. And on Twitter, we have random podcast, R A N D U M B podcast, as well as my personal Twitter account. Darren O'Neill, D A R R E N O N E I L L. So until next week, stay safe, stay sane, take care of each other. I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.